I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. A reading from Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Amalek, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Amalek, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Mahon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughter, daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, and she and her two daughter-in-laws, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we, we will return with you and your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in the womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. We do not live by bread alone, 
Faithfulness is consistently one of God's most defining characteristics in Scripture. God's faithfulness to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob resulted in a numerous people who became the nation of Israel. God's faithfulness to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob resulted in God displacing Pharaoh as Israel's Lord. God's faithfulness to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob resulted in a new homeland for the fledgling nation, a good land flowing with milk and with honey. The people responded to God's faithfulness with faithfulness of their own. Israel clung to God through the Ten Commandments and other laws that God gave them through Moses in the wilderness. God's faithfulness is an essential part of Israel's origin story. And Israel's faithfulness is essential to their special relationship with God. This is important for understanding the story of Ruth. Because the origins of Ruth's people are far more scandalous. Ruth was a Moabite. A wicked foreigner who would ruin Israel with her false gods and her feminine wiles. Her people were born when Abraham's nephew was raped by his own daughters. The Moabites hired a professional to curse Israel as Israel left Egypt. Their daughters led Israelite sons into idolatry, bringing God's deadly wrath down on the people. With a track record like that, it's little wonder that God commanded Israel, saying, No Moabite shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. And you shall never promote Moab's welfare or their prosperity as long as you live. Our expectations for the Moabites should be pretty low given this history. Next to Egypt, Moab should be the last place a family from Bethlehem ought to go seeking refuge. In another surprising twist, Naomi's sons took Moabite wives after their father died. Their children, even ten generations later, would not be accepted as Israelites. Then Naomi's sons died after ten years of marriage. And no children. Naomi was left alone with her two Moabite daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. After the famine ended in Bethlehem, Naomi started back with Ruth and Orpah, then realizing that life would be better for them in Moab than in Israel. Naomi commanded them to go back home and take new husbands. They no longer belonged to Naomi's family. And they would never belong in Israel. Our need to belong is one of the biggest issues in our time. We long for a group, a tribe, a close-knit group of people that we can rely on in good times and in bad. Yet it seems like we are falling out of belonging with each other across the nation. I look at everything that's happening in our country today, 
And I see rifts developing all over. There are rifts along partisan lines. There are rifts between the educated and the more educated. There are rifts between urban and rural communities. There are rifts between community leaders and the people that they serve. And these are just some of the public rifts that we can see. There are many more rifts that we can't see. Rifts among family members. Rifts among friends. Rifts that grow within us until we hardly recognize the person that we've become. I look around and I see so much brokenness. So much anger. So many questions. So much pain. And as a young father, I worry about the kind of world that my son will grow up in. Will we, continue, will we bless the rifts between us until we have nothing left but our own little tribe in our own little corner of the world? Or will we find a way to fill in the rifts and care for one another as neighbors? Ruth and Orpah had no reason to stay with Naomi after their husbands died. At first, they protested when Naomi ordered them back to their mother's houses. Then Orpah obeyed, said a tearful goodbye, and left. But Ruth clung to Naomi. Do not press me to leave you or to return back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more is well if even death parts me from you. Ruth's faithfulness is a very special kind of faithfulness, a kind that mirrors God's own faithfulness to the people of Israel. This faithfulness is known as hesed. Hesed is the kind of faithfulness that cares for its mother-in-law as its own mother long after it was widowed. Chesed is the kind of faithfulness that will willingly endure hardship in a foreign country so that another may eat. Chesed is the kind of faithfulness that goes above and beyond what the law requires to bless another beyond what they deserve. Ruth's chesed for Naomi would bind them together for better or for worse. Later in the story, The chesed of a man named Boaz would redeem Ruth and Naomi from a life of destitution. Some might say that laws are what bind us together as a society, and they would be right. But a society without chesed is like a marriage without love. The only thing holding it together is a sense of duty and obligation. Laws may hold us together. But chesed is what keeps us together. The greatest example of chesed that we have is in that of Christ. 
He willingly shared our sin and our death so that we might share with him in the resurrection of the righteous. He took on our nature and our lot, redeeming us from a life of servitude and death. What kind of thanks could we possibly give for this wonderful faithfulness? How can we ever repay such lavish love and kindness? We have neither the means nor the resources to repay such a wonderful gift. So let us live lives of gratitude with chesed for all. Imagine a world where the rifts could be mended with chesed. Like Ruth, we would bind ourselves to the interests of our most vulnerable neighbors. Like Ruth, we would walk through hardship with those in need. We would invest ourselves in lives and cultures that are foreign to us. We would strive to understand how another sees the world and experiences God. Our compassion and our care would be instruments of God's faithfulness. Our chesed would mirror God's own. God's chesed makes life possible. Without it, we would have been destroyed a long time ago. Each and every day is a reminder that we are a world living under chesed. The best way to give thanks is to show chesed in our own lives. God's chesed for us, God's chesed for the world, endures forever. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.